I'm Kevin Hillier. Welcome to the Legal Minefield podcast, a podcast that gives you direct access to a man with decades of experience in the legal profession. That man is John Mellier. You can contact him directly via our email address, info.thelegalminefield at gmail.com. It's that simple. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Legal Minefield podcast. John, welcome to another edition of the Legal Minefield. You well? You good? I'm good, thanks, Kevin, and uh, nice to speak to you and see you again. Absolutely, same here. Uh, one question: uh, We've got a question from uh, a, a, a peer of mine in the in the radio industry. Wants to ask a question. We'll get to that one in a tick. But I, I wanted to ask you up front. I've seen it, this happen a few times. It's happened to me a couple of times too. The settlement on the steps. I wondered about the ta- whether that's a tactic, whether it's uh, what it, what it is, uh, and why why lawyers use it, or why people who are in that position. I've had it happen to me a couple of times in a settlement with a with a uh, you know people I worked for um, who uh, wouldn't pay out until uh, said well we'll go to court. So then when we went to go to court uh, the day of the court case on the steps of the court, the two lawyers go yeah we'll pay you this we'll pay yeah okay fine off we go. Why why do, why do they do that? All right, so there's a number there's a number of um, factors involved in that. So one, it can be straight up just a, 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 a as you say a tactic, and basically the tactic is everyone waits till they get to that point, and the tactic is because by the time you get to the hearing day, everyone knows their case. So what happens is along the way, there's a thing called in the in the middle there's this thing called discovery and disclosure and that's where you have to disclose and discover all the documents and everything you're relying on so at that point then you kind of know what each other's case is really going to be so before that point you wouldn't settle because you don't know you may miss something you don't know what each party's relying on or what's going to happen and so by the time you get discovery done you kind of know what's going to go on and happen and then as a tactic, you wait to the door of the court. But that's that's tending to die down a fair bit with the new um, protocols and um, alternative dispute resolution processes oh, okay, now yeah. with courts. So mediation is a is a prerequisite in the family court. Um, in all the other jurisdictions, before there's a hearing, there's mandatory man- mediation. And mediation is sort of putting an end to some of that. But, but but having said that, there are still people who will have a tactic that say, we'll go to mediation, we may make one off and walk out so they can go to the door, the steps of the, the court and um, or the door of the courtroom and, and settle that way. Yeah. And the reason they do all that is twofold. One, there's a tactic, you find out everything about the case so that when you do settle, you know you're settling, you're doing the right thing for your client. Two, on the day of the hearing or the day of court, um, each side's got a barrister eventually mm. and the barrister wouldn't have been involved earlier on until that day and they've had a look at it and they've gone, yeah, no, this shouldn't run and we'll settle it and that's why that happens as well. So counsel will get involved and counsel's pretty experienced and sensible and the barrister on the other side will obviously be sensible and an expert in the same field or the area of law that there's a dispute about and they'll get together and say, look, this is just stupid. Let's resolve it. Let's try and resolve it in yeah. the morning. Um, the other issue, the other reason for that as a tactic is also if things start in the morning, 
sometimes a judge will often say, I'll give you a couple of hours to go outside. I've had a read of the case. Go outside and have another attempt to try and resolve it before we start. That happens as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's it's a multi-factor scenario. So one, it could be a strategy by the lawyers. And it's a good strategy because by that time, you know everything about each other's case. And if you do settle, you've done the best by your client. You can't have a have a risk of something going wrong. Two, um, barristers get involved and they're experts in their field and they'll know each other and they'll work out, well, look, this is the type of case that should resolve, et cetera. Um, three, it's, it's not happening a lot because of mediation and the alternative dispute resolution procedures that are now in place in all courts and jurisdictions across Australia. And because of that, a lot of things will settle at mediation, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, fourth, it just might be people are just not ready to pull their heads in at that time. Yeah. Well, as simple as that. Uh, is it incumbent on uh, on lawyers and barristers not to waste the court's time with these things? And, do, and is that is that the new yeah. way of thinking? Yes, Kevin, because there are the Civil Procedure um, Act, um, which has set out a whole set of rules and procedures that lawyers and participants, like plaintiffs and defendants, must um, rely upon and take part in. So it basically says. At the beginning, before you even lodge the um, uh, proceedings in court, you're meant to have gone through whatever attempts you can to try and resolve the dispute by way of correspondence and dealing with lawyers. Two, you have to um, sign a, um overarching obligation certificate, and that means that you've read the overarching obligations under the Civil Procedure Act and rules, and that you've... Um, adhere to the idea that the case you're bringing is not frivolous or vexatious or wasting time okay. and that it's a genuine bona fide um, argument or legal situation that has to go before the court. So I'm just breaking this down in simple yeah. way terms for it's everyone basically a reality check about what your case is. It is. Yeah, and here's, here's the rub for lawyers. If you breach that and you're found to have not complied with that Along the way, judges can then order costs against the lawyers personally out of their own Ooh. pocket to pay. Oh, there's the there's the there's the there's the grab for the lawyers. So um, that's changed things quite a bit. So if you if people start um, trying to use tactics and stalling and stuff, um, the judges along the way during the interlocutory steps. So these interlocutory interlocutory steps are steps before a final hearing. Yep. And there's a case management protocol in all courts and jurisdictions. So with the case management protocol, basically um, there's a timetable for things to be done by the lawyers and the parties. If the people are dragging their feet or mucking around or playing games or trying the old stale mate and all that <laughs> stuff, judges will pick it up. And if the judges find that it's not the people, it's the lawyers mucking around, lawyers will be paying costs out of their own pocket. Wow. So not only morally incumbent, financially as well. Correct. So that's what that's what's happening now. So uh, what should happen is you should be seeing less and less of settlements at the door of the court but and more um, pre sort of stuff done to sort of resolve things. Yeah. And, and, and of course, mediation plays a big part. A lot of things will resolve at mediation yeah. these days. Well, that makes, the, the other, that makes sense. Sorry, Kevin. The other thing is, um, of course, the delay. Um, with COVID, we're telling people 
you won't get into court for two years now. That's the sort of backlog, yeah. at least two years. So, so if you, you know. want this thing resolved, let's go and sit down and resolve it now over a, over a cup of coffee and a, and a you know piece of paper and let's sign and off we go. Yeah, correct. So, and of course, time is money, and and yeah. that's another issue. Yeah. Now, the question we got uh, was about the difference between libel and defamation. Now, as I mentioned, so Very, a peer of mine in the radio industry who, who sort of sees that as a really important line in the sand. Um, very simple. Libel is a written. So if someone writes something about you, defamatory. Yep. And slander is if they verbally say something about you. So basically, um, you know, if we put out an article in the paper and we say that, John's a bad bloke, he doesn't know what he's doing, he's incompetent, blah, 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 blah. That's um, liable. If um, we're at a party somewhere and someone says John's, uh, you know, incompetent or not good at what he does, et cetera, et cetera, or, you know, or says something defamatory, mm. um, that's slander. So that's a simple difference in, 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 in a nutshell. Is that is that now murd because social media is... Both of those things. So if you put something on, you can put something on Facebook, which is yeah, it written, is written. You can put it on TikTok, which is video. Instagram, which is which is both. Has uh, that become now a hodgepodge of all those things? It it is, and it is it is murder. And what I would be saying is, um, you know, be careful. And what I say to a lot of young people um, when I speak to them is, be careful because. One, what you put out on social media is your electronic footprint. It will last forever and a day. What might be funny today, um, mm-hmm. in 10, 20 years' time, your employer might find, come across it and, and or someone and they won't hire you for a job or, or, or look at you, you know, doing things differently. Um, and now um, you've got to be careful because you can hit both, tick the boxes for both. Yeah. By doing that with social media. The one thing uh, I know, and I do a little bit of media training with some of our football clubs, uh, and basically tell them that their their social media platforms are like the front page of the Herald Sun or the 7 o'clock bulletin on their favourite radio station. If you say it and put it in print, you're publishing it. You're publishing Correct. it for the world to see, which is exactly what Rupert Murdoch and you know all those people do with their newspapers and their radio stations. Correct. It's it's for the world to see, and you can't retract it. You, well, the only way you're going to retract it is to make an apology and a statement. Um, and if you've gone that far, you 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 can expect court proceedings on your doorstep. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to put your name to it, uh, you need to know. Uh, the other part of uh, David's question was, what constitutes the onus of proof? So how do you, if I say that you're you say that I'm incompetent, that I can't do this, that I've, 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 you know, all the things that you'd say about me in a in a social media post or in a in a email or whatever, and uh, that comes to me. How do how do where's where's the proof of that? Okay, so the 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 onus is on um, the um, complainant to prove that it, it's actually not true, and the defence, the only real defence to um, that. Is whether or not it's 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 um, a truth. So it's actually something that's happened. Yeah. Um, the other element of that is is if there's um, something that's like uh, someone who's doing a parody or um, you know like a comedy or um, you know 
satire type thing. Yeah, yeah that 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 that's different. But if effectively, um, like we saw in the, um, the you know the Ben Roberts um, oh, yeah. case, the you biggest know, defamation like, case, the biggest in one in Australia, Australia. <laughs> like like we like like we saw there, um, the judge's findings were, I have found that yes, he did do this. I have found he did. Uh, so, so that's that's an example of that. that so, it was never never said one hundred percent, was it? It was I found sufficient um, evidence or, or information to to and, make me think that this was this was in fact true. And the reason is because it's a civil matter. Yeah. So the burden is beyond is not. Um, it's the balance of probabilities. Yeah. Okay. So on the balance of probabilities. And having heard the evidence, I find, as opposed to a criminal matter where it's um, beyond reasonable doubt. Yeah, it's cut and dried. Yeah, okay. So if you if you were to say someone said that I'm a I'm a lousy MC and I did a bad job at their wedding and people went away and were unhappy and I wouldn't recommend this bloke, if you can actually sort of to a in, in a civil case um, have people who say yeah he was terrible and he was awful and we all left and we all felt that that all of a sudden you actually there there is the the, the onus of proof has been proved. Correct. That's right. In As that, opposed that to all, or if you have witnesses come along and say, no, we've had him and he's fantastic and we're happy and there, there are, are reviews that say they're happy, then, you know, you've disproved the allegation. That is he said, she said. in the Correct. <laughs> and that's what happened in that trial. Remember there was... Him, you know, he's saying their side saying one thing, yeah. witnesses saying the other, and then the judge saying, "Well, I got to work out what's happening." Yeah, which which is, I guess, why the mediation part in in all of this has become such an integral part of of the the structure of dealing with these things. It is because it's 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 a quicker way to deal with it. Um, it's a better way, and um, if each party walks away feeling like they're sort of both. Not really happy, but they'll 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 they, they can walk away. You know that's right. <laughs> but if, yeah. if each if one party's really upset and the other's not, then mediation really hasn't sort of kicked in and worked well. How do you work out if I'm if I'm reading social media and someone says you know Kevin Hillier is not a good MC and I uh, where does it where does that line go from just my personal upset about being that and my personal pride being upset um, to it actually becoming something where I go that's actually going to affect my ability to make uh, a living as a say as a marriage celebrant or as whatever it is I want to do. So then, Kevin, you would look at um, things like, for example, if there's a downturn in your bookings, yep, um, and if you if you find out why, um, if you find out any evidence from other people to say why you've been affected. For example, prospective clients say, well, we read this about you and we don't think, you know, if you can get that on board, then, then that's when you start thinking about litigation yeah. as opposed to just letting it fly. I mean, um, one of the – so, for example, one of the hardest things is having internet reviews. Um, so, wow. for example, there are these um, – I remember some time ago there are um, these, you know, um, online options for consumers to give a, a comment ra- about a rating and a, a review. review. Yeah, yeah, and a review, right? Yep. And then, you know, these people write 
reviews that are nasty, right? <laughs> yes. And then and then you go, all right, you contact the provider and the provider says, and you want it taken down and the provider says, well, no, these reviews are honest from people who have actually used your services and we've rated them. So it's true. And then you say, well, no, hang on. No, it's not true. We want to take it down. And then they go, well, no, you can't take it down because, you know, there's no real ability to have it taken down, etc. If you invite comments and you invite reviews, you have to understand that not everyone's going to love you. No. So my best advice was then to get someone else to do a better review that will <laughs> pop up on top of the old review and take it out. Uh, well, um, that, 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 that's one way of dealing with it. Most places have someone who reviews the comments before they actually get published, which is, you know, so... Uh, 90% of the bad ones don't get published, I think, is the way most people do that these I, days. I think, I think that's right. That's what's yeah. happening. But, yeah. um, look, anything to do with social media nowadays is dynamite. Um, and, and as I say, it's a digital footprint. And you know, Has that blown the figures there. for defamation and, and libel and slander um, and all that through the roof? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure because I don't practice in that area. Yeah. But, um, look, it, 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 it would be a very um, busy area, I would have thought given such the presence of social media in yeah. society today. I know the, the anonymous keyboard warriors is what's become a, a scourge of, uh, you know, that whole area with people who just, you know, pot shot and don't, and don't say who they are, which are the, the ultimate cowardice. But, um, yeah, the trolls. Yeah. Well, what we, we, we hope that the government enacts some laws that um, make it a criminal offence and then that way they'll be dealt with. Yeah. And we are getting towards that, aren't we? We are, and and that's what should be happening, um, so that we can put a stop to it. Because um, you know they're very harmful, and um, they they have cost a few lives. You know, yeah. Oh no. People unfortunately um, interfered with people's mental health and caused people to um, suicide, which is terrible. So I think they should be held accountable. Yeah, I know. I think I think everyone would agree with that. I don't think there's any opposition to to that being the case. So all right. So now we know the definition between libel and. And uh, and slander and and uh, and and defamation and all those things. So yep. tread carefully. So, yeah, basically, Kevin, tread carefully with what your your fingers are about to do on the keyboard. Yeah, that's uh, all I can say. Yes. Well, well, I only wish people would think like that before they say things because there's so there's so much nonsensical. Uh, doesn't make any sense. Comment on that. And there's so much stuff that actually I, I see that I'm surprised isn't actioned upon with what some people say. But obviously thick skin, you just go, okay, oh, well, I'll cop that and we'll move on. That's that's one part. The other part is obviously the cost of having to engage a lawyer and go to court. People just at the moment don't have the funds. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it, uh, with what's happening in the economy. And um, the, the, the other moment. thing that happens there, I guess, when we've talked about this uh, just briefly before, is that if it happens today and I see something on social media um, – the damage is done today, tomorrow, and the day after uh, immediately, and I'm probably not going to get anywhere near a, a lawyer or a court or a, uh, a mediation session for a long time, and that damage is probably already done. Correct, and and then, then it's 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 long term. So it's like um, anything that's put out in the media or the news cycle. It happens on that day when it's out, then it's gone. Yep. It's still up there because of the digital world we live in. It'll come back to haunt you in 10 years' time. But it, the effect was that day because of the news cycle. So you know what they say, today's um, newspapers, tomorrow's fish and chips wrapper. Yep. So, yep. you know, that's what they used to say. And um, But now, unfortunately, with the digital media, it um, 
it's there forever. But if it does know, come so- back to haunt you from uh, from uh, you know many years ago, and and it's found to be incorrect, is there a, is there a, uh, I hate to use the terminology they use in American TV shows. Is there a statute of limitations yeah, on that? Look, look, look. <laughs> you've got you've got about six years to bring a, a claim. Okay, and, uh, and three years. Um, but what would happen is um, it depends on what the effect and is. So if it did nothing to you now, if it did nothing to you now, all right, but then in the future it does and it's catastrophic and if you can make a causal connection that the damage was done is is greater now, you know, if you can find a link to to show that that causation of the damage is now, then, yeah, you would you might be able to get around that. Uh, okay. And, of course, you can apply to the court to seek to leave to uh, issue proceedings out of time. Oh, okay. So there yeah, is, there it, is there's no There's no guarantee and it's difficult, but you can always seek leave. Okay. And you'd have to have a good case and a good basis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, clearly, yeah. Um, don't forget to, we're available, uh, John's available for you to uh, to send a question, info.thelegalminefield at gmail.com. Once again, thanks so much for your time, John. Always uh, good to catch up and have a chat and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, Kevin. Take care. If you have a question, by all means send it to info.thelegalminefield at gmail.com. We'd be more than happy to hear from you. And any other comments you have, please share them on our Facebook page or send us an email. Till the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier.